Dan Perkins Media presents a unique and exciting program. Truth Starts Now, a conversation with Dan Perkins. The left has taken away your rights to freedom of speech. Truth Starts Now is a platform for you to regain your voice. America and Americans will be better off if we can have civil and respectful conversations about the day's important issues. Now, here's your host, Dan Perkins. Welcome to the Truth Starts Now, and we have a distinguished guest who's been on only once before, but I'm glad we've got her on again, Dr. Rachel Ehrenfeld. And uh, she has, I just told her a few moments ago, uh, when I saw what she's done, it scared the bejesus out of me because, and, and she said, well, that's what it's supposed to do. Uh, so you you accomplish your mission at least with this this reader, Doctor. First of all, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I, I have to ask you the question. What was, what was scary, was I mean there were a lot was scary, but the visual image of the broken glass, and the forty seven dollars in the fist, basically. And if I put in words in your mouth, please correct them. You are fearing for Donald Trump's life. Is that a fair assessment? Well, um, I think, um, I, yeah, he, he has many people who don't like him. Um, and something, something like this um, was really not very smart. Um, the threat was kind of um, not even attempted to be there, to be masked. So yeah, I, I would say, I would say, doctor, that that what struck me was this whole time is how open the left has been in in their aggression, uh, the the reaction to the attack on Israel was very surprising to me how much this, the students, the teachers, the college presidents were so anti-Semitic. I'm 78 years old. I've never seen that before. Would it be wrong to suggest that you're trying to tell us that the young Mr. Soros may be more dangerous than his father? Well, um, yeah. Um, he may be. Uh, he may be. Um uh, Although uh, his father has been dangerous enough, he hasn't, uh, uh, to, to really paraphrase uh, former U.S. ambassador to, uh, to Israel, David Friedman, no one has caused so much damage, uh, hurt Israel so much as Soros. So uh, that was the father. Uh, and, you know, growing up with this, uh, in this atmosphere, growing up with the father who really um, is uh, uh, publicly, um, uh, is taking stance against the Jewish state of Israel. He said, no, it's not Israel, it's, uh, it's the Jewish state of Israel. So what does he, uh, I mean, what's the idea? To have another country in the Middle East called Israel, and it will be for... Arab nomads from from all over the Arabian uh, the Arabian deserts. I mean, what's the point? He's not a Zionist. Uh, never was. 
uh, and he very strongly made statements against the uh, uh, Jewish nature or the fact that the Jews have, a, have their own country, actually went back to their own country. Uh, so, and, and uh, young source uh, is said more or less the same. So, vis-a-vis um, -vis Israel, both of them, vis-a-vis -vis Israel and the United States, um, they want to change both. And they are spending tons of money in order to get it done. So, is there, was there a particular event, <laughs> singular event, that's you wound up saying to yourself, I have to, I have to write this. Well, what was your motivation in writing the book? Well, I actually, I, I've been planning to write this book well, for a while. I was supposed to write it before, but it was postponed. Um, I, I became interested in, um, in Soros when he, after he became a billionaire, um, and the details are in this detail in the source agenda. Um, he came, to, he felt strong enough to come to the United States so he can really change the US to his liking. And um, he opened his Open Society Institute at a time here in New York. And um, he, the first project he, he, he started with was really the project that characterized what he has done later. And that was challenging the US criminal legal system. So how best to do it if not with something that, um, you know, like drug addiction, which was called what a sin, um, a sin um, and not really um, um, terrible criminal action. So when he started doing that, he invested immediately $50 million. Uh, and this was 1993, 1994, it was a lot of money. Um, and in propaganda, he started his own foundation to legalize drugs. Uh, he actually had another foundation and several other foundations to which he distributed money in addition to the $15 million uh, in order to promote drug addiction. At the time, this was really his first attempt. And why did he go to this? Because drugs, uh, drug use at the time uh, was unthinkable and unacceptable. And uh, the, um, he, he wanted to see how strongly uh, will the American public uh, hold to their values. He didn't go to Congress to change the laws. Uh, he decided to do it um, locally, domestically, in every city, in every, in every town, in every state, uh, in order to create propaganda uh, to, um, to actually uh, challenge people and, and, and say, well, drug, you know, drugs is okay. We should be able to, the war on drug is worse than, than the, uh, than the effects of the drugs themselves, which is nonsense. Uh, he even said that when he, he had to actually uh, work only on uh, marijuana legalization because Arizona objected to legalizing all drugs at the time. Uh, so he started with uh, working on legalizing so-called medical marijuana. 
Yeah, there was no such a thing as, as medical marijuana. There was no such a thing as medical marijuana. You can produce from the effective ingredients from cannabinoids, which make up the marijuana plant, uh, medicine. As of today, there are only four FDA-approved medicines which are produced from marijuana. The rest of it which is being sold is completely uncontrolled. Uh, it includes all kinds of um, ingredients which are very bad to your health. Um, and uh, we read more and more about it. There are more and more uh, evidence, there is more and more evidence on um, uh, the fact that uh, using marijuana uh, can cause uh, not only addiction, but also schizophrenia. It affects the, especially the brain of the youngs. Uh, it causes many accidents. Your, your perception and judgment is changing. Um, uh, so we don't even know how many accidents, uh, road accidents we have because people are on, on uh, when they are driving are actually high on marijuana, which the effective, the, the, uh, effective ingredient of the brain, the tetrahydrocannabinol, uh, is in high percentage. Uh, there are ways to measure if somebody is drunk, being arrested. Um, you can you can actually find out if he's drunk from alcohol. There is no there is nothing, and nobody developed anything in order to check uh, uh, whether somebody is actually on marijuana. Um, that's one thing. How so? At any event, I was very curious because. He called his Open Society Institute Open Society. He, he claimed that he wants to promote Open Society, whatever it means, um, in his mind. And we I found out what it meant. So he started with the drug legalization, uh, which will, which will, which would, and as we saw, actually had done so, increase the number of people who are addicted to drugs uh, in the US, and I asked, well, why would somebody who claims to have, uh, to want to promote a free society, and uh, I'm sorry, an open society, uh, would also advocate um, drug addiction, which is the biggest slavery ever. It, it enslaves your body, it enslaves your mind. Uh, and uh, I wrote about it, I wrote about the articles even in the Wall Street Journal, and I warned at the time that uh, I, if not challenged, Soros will be able to change the political landscape of the United States. I didn't have a crystal ball, but I got it. And I was right. Unfortunately, people didn't pay attention. He didn't manage to change the political landscape of the United States, and we are where we are today, um, in large part because of him. Doctor. Uh there were a lot of there was a lot of money spent by his organization to elect prosecutors mm -hmm. in cities across the country. Mm -hmm. In some places, not all, but in some places, those Soros prosecutors are coming coming under significant fire, and probably will not be reelected when they come up for reelection. So. He only had control for a certain period of time. Was it enough to do long-term damage to the country? No, not necessarily. He actually funded um, the election of uh, district attorneys, of prosecutors, of uh, where judges are elected, judges, and other public officials. 
for a long time. It st people started to notice it only in the, what was it, the 2020, before the 2020 election. He has been doing it all along. But what the, uh, but the prosecutors that have been elected with Soros' help uh, have done is they decided, again, not to go to any legislative assembly to Congress in order to change the laws. No, they decided, well, we are not implementing the laws. If they are not enforcing the laws, then you actually don't need to change them because <laughs> they are not being enforced. Not everywhere. In uh, California, for example, there were great efforts in order to, uh, uh, in order to uh, fire actually uh, prosecutors that were elected uh, with Soros' help, and um, they are still in place. And Soros had written in the Wall Street Journal, it was last summer, uh, that he was, or was it, yeah, it was last summer, um, that he was very proud of um, actually doing that, and he will continue to do that. And the proof of the pudding was, according to him, it's a paraphrase, is that actually there were elections and the same prosecutors were elected again. Some of the prosecutors, and he, he, he vowed to continue to do that, and his son is, is uh, very, very, um, I mean, with a lot of, he's, he's promoting it and he's actually funding such elections uh, with a lot of money. Several of the prosecutors that were elected with Soros' support have been later involved, uh, have been dismissed, uh, not because they didn't enforce the law, because they, but because they violated the other laws or laws because they were involved in corruption and it came out, it was publicized and they actually were forced to resign. Um, so uh, this, this has been uh, in some cases, not all cases. But rest assured, and as uh, Alex, when he was first introduced to the public in the Wall Street Journal, really huge PR piece, uh, was that he is more political than his father. With a war chest of $25 billion, uh, yeah, uh, they can do a lot of damage. And as we have already seen, American politicians don't cost so much. So <laughs> it's not very difficult to, um, to fund the elections of people that are running for office and not necessarily only in the criminal justice system, uh, but secretaries of states, anybody running for public, uh, public office, and not only in blue states, they are putting a lot of money in funding uh, the election of, um, um, of whoever is running for office uh, in red states, uh, they are aiming to do that. So, um, the, I, I, any, of course, everybody who's Republi uh, Republican should pay attention because the, the, all this money is going to support the um, Democrats. Democrats. Dr. Uh, we're, uh, we're out of time for this segment, but we'll be right back with uh, Dr. Aaronfield and talking about uh, young Mr. Soros. We'll be right back after these messages. I'm Dan Perkins, the author of a new historical romance novel called Sad Eyes. It is a story of a young woman, a beautiful Irish lass with red hair, green eyes, 
and curves that won't quit. She is born in 1912 in Waterloo, Iowa. She decides she wants to be an ER nurse, but she wants to move away from Waterloo to the excitement of the big city. She is accepted at St. James School of Nursing in Chicago and began a life as a true American patriot, serving her country in two wars. She fell in love with the love of her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and jcarrollpublishing.com or through your local bookstore. Get it, read it, tell people about it, and write a review on Amazon. This is Dan Perkins. Welcome back to The Truth Starts Now. We're talking to Dr. Rachel Ehrenfeld, and we left off talking about the, the impact of young Mr. Soros. Doctor, I wanted to, and I know you have some other things you want to say, I would like to draw on your insight on, is he involved in the border? Huh, he's involved in the border. He was the one who, in 1995, started uh, funding um, groups uh, that would uh, provide legal aid and other aid to illegal migrants. This is, didn't happen yesterday. It started in 1995. And I wrote about it then. Uh, again, people didn't pay attention. So he, he's, yeah, he's open border, um, his open border policies were, were, were really started then, and he, he never relented. So uh, by now we see that the U.S. government is actually um, funding some of the uh, illegal migrants' um, way uh, to the United States, uh, which the thing is boggling the mind. However, Soros' policies, Soros was able to influence the, at the time, the Clinton administration, uh, later on, uh, the Obama administration, and then the, uh, of course, now Biden is completely uh, following the same, um, the same song. The, uh, he's not the only one who was interested in it, but he was the one who really started mobilizing and funding organizations in the United States and outside in order to bring illegal uh, migrants to the United States. Uh, what a better way to change a country than filling it up with, um, with people who don't speak the language, who have a different culture, who have a different um, religious beliefs that actually deny the um, independence of uh, the United States or any other country, then actually bringing millions of people like that into the country, which also puts a huge uh, economic burden on all taxpayer citizens and changes the structure uh, of the society. So uh, the more mayhem, the more chaos, uh, according to Soros, is better. He's a real connoisseur of chaos. And he's been do doing it not only here, he's been also working with the European Union in order to uh, do the same in Europe. European countries are, of course, smaller in size, so they decided on uh, having mandates of how many, uh, how many uh, illegal migrants would uh, each country member, uh, 26 countries that are members of the European Union, should have. Not everybody agreed, so 
one uh, country that strongly disagreed uh, is and was Hungary. And of course, Hungary is a big, uh, Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban is a big enemy of, uh, of uh, Soros. So he's being, uh, he's calling them and all the media that, and the leftist media uh, that support Soros are uh, also uh, attacking Hungary, uh, whether it's right to do so or not. Uh, so, uh, and in addition, um, Soros policies have, have affected really the uh, State Department, the foreign policy of the United States, not only the domestic policies through all kinds of projects in, in, in the US, but also uh, through influence uh, on uh, the foreign policy. Uh, at the time, in, in, uh, during the uh, uh, Clinton administration, uh, he, he had actually supposedly one uh, one uh, high official uh, at state said that uh, well uh, when we think about doing something internationally we uh, consult with our, um, our allies France and Germany and Britain and and Soros so he, he was an entity he's an entity of its of of itself by itself the man had really worked very hard in order to garner as much influence internationally and domestically as possible and he did it through money and through other services that he offered uh, and he has been operating in more than 120 countries uh, two major countries that really uh, he really aimed to change uh, were the jewish state of israel and the um, Constitutional Republic of the United States. And his uh, efforts, together with the increased um, rise of the neo-Marxist uh, left vogue uh, elements in society, uh, which he also supports, uh, have been really causing a lot of chaos and changing, um, and, and changing not for the better, uh, societies both here and in Israel. So, Doctor, you know, I was listening to what you were talking about in the United States, and I can only conclude that he succeeded with his opportunity in the United States because the political operatives of the Democratic Party were with him. Absolutely. Uh, many, um, many of the uh, Top officials in the Biden administration have links with the with the Soros foundations, many. Uh, so um, with that, you can and he has his um, uh, political advisory think tank also uh, based across the, the White House. So an advisors come and go. I mean, many of the high officials really in the Biden administration um, are close to clean, uh, to. Um, uh, to Soros and carrying out um, his policies. So um, his influence in this country is much is much more pernicious than uh, it is being acknowledged. And this is why also I, I decided it's important to write this book. The book is not a biography. Uh, the book is only 100 pages. The text is only 100 pages. Uh, additional 150 or some pages 
are all references and footnotes. Everything is highly documented and everything is vetted. And I think that it's important for the public to know what was his agenda, uh, who joined him in his agenda, how he went about it. And so if you know the strategy of your, I mean, of your enemy, really, you, you are able to um, counter it. Without knowing actually the details, you cannot do it. So um, it's, I think this is why uh, it's important to read this book. Um, uh, you can learn a lot from it. Yeah. Let me ask you another follow-up question. We, we have investigations going on in the American Congress, specifically in the House, as to whether or not the sitting president, Joe Biden, is in fact corrupt. There seems to be an increasing body of evidence that he's, he's done some things that were uh, unquestionable and perhaps illegal. Receiving money for favors is one. So I, I guess, I, I don't wanna put you on the spot, but I wanna ask the question. Do you believe that either directly or indirectly that money changed hands from the Soros organization to the Biden family? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know and I wouldn't speculate on it. Oh, thinking about, well, um, his desire to uh, really rule or change the United States and the Biden family apparent willingness to take money without asking too many questions, I guess, uh, from anybody uh, could be, but I would not speculate on it. Um, it seems, uh, I understand that, um, that the, well, of course, the election of Biden uh, have been supported by Soros because Soros has been the biggest donor, uh, biggest contributor to the Democratic Party. So, yeah, in a way, uh, sure. Uh, not directly, not, not, uh, not to the family, not, not that I know of. When you look at what's happened to our country because of what's happened at the southern border, do you have any insight as to why President Biden can't see the damage that it's doing to our country? I, first of all, <clears throat> I don't think that he cannot see it. I mean, he's not blind, so uh, he should be able to see it. Uh, the whole thing is deliberate. The, the, the goal was to really flood the country with people who don't belong here, who shouldn't be here, with millions of people um, that, that uh, have no skills, have no, uh, don't speak the language, are bringing, I mean, in open borders, they are not being vetted, uh, they bring in all kinds of diseases that has been long time, uh, long time ago eliminated from the United States or uh, illnesses even that we never had, uh, never heard of, um, they, uh, they bring in uh, people from nickel Muslim regimes. You have Chinese who are uh, all men, military age men, most of them, uh, that could have never left China without the, uh, without the permission of the Chinese government 
and apparently uh, from the documents that we are, we are seeing, um, they actually don't walk all the jungles in order to come here, uh, but they take airplanes. They fly to some Latin American country, take other planes to get in order to get to the border in Mexico to cross there illegally. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is how can Biden not know? Uh, and apparently he didn't know anything until about what? The early January, right. <laughs> the beginning of this year. Until now, there was no, no problem with the border. What are you talking about? Uh, they denied it. All the Biden administration denied it was any problem uh, at the border. And millions of people, we, we watched them coming in. Um, so um, this, is, this was deliberate. And this will continue until, um, until Biden is in office. Um, it's, it's terrible. It, really, the damage that has, is being caused to the American people, uh, people have been paying taxes in order to get um, uh, services uh, that's to have, the, to have the government, city government or, or the federal government or the state government protecting them, uh, securing them. And what you have is, is um, um, just cr crime, um, homelessness, uh, dirty streets, um, drugs everywhere. Um, schools are being, uh, uh, children are being denied going to school because the government uh, or the city, uh, whichever, um, wants to house uh, illegal migrants. Uh, thank you for the time that you gave us. Thank you for joining us today. And we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com. That's bwradionetwork.com and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.